Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome back. Um, this is the interview episode. Today, I have Adam Messer on, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give him this proper introduction in just a second. But first, I wanted to address um, that that's what you should get Wednesday that we just kind of missed um, a couple of days ago because while well, I was out at How to Run delivering the glasses that Pamela Howe had won and uh, for the most recent raffle. So congratulations. Um, I ended up giving two because her and her husband were both there and they've both been, they were on the show before and they were amazing guests. And if anybody in the area has any sort of athletic gear, need, or desire, um, How to Run is an amazing store out in Savannah. Please check it out. It's very easy to find. Um, right off of 95. So yeah, check them out. Amazing, amazing people. And now they got a couple of Burn Your Boats glasses because they shared an episode. And um, upon the drawing, they won. So that's great. And they also do a lot of great running groups and everything. Um, and I've been able to participate in a few of those. And I just, every single person that shows up is absolutely phenomenal. And I've been able to, to both network professionally for this show and then also just meet nice people to spend time with and converse with. Know, outside of business hours which is quite lovely so and they're they're really great they you know it's for everybody um no matter what level of fitness that you find yourself in right now whether you're walking or full-on running for a couple of miles or seven ten i mean there's there's little niche groups inside of each of these running groups that will um that will suit your needs i guarantee you that and so find them on facebook how to run i think they're opening up their instagram pretty soon so you should be able to find them on there and it's h-o-w-e the number two and then run and pamela and phil are the owners there and if you want to check out the episode forget what number it was but i believe the title was overcoming adversity or with strength and grace something to that effect um it should be in the show description but it was a phenomenal interview and i had a really great time conversing with them and that actually segues really nicely into today because it just it helps exemplify how connected everyone is around here and how all these amazing people know each other because i was introduced to the guest of today's episode who is adam messer through a colleague of mine Corey brooks one of the most amazing photographers i've ever met in my entire life this guy blows my freaking socks off every single time he's posting pictures up that he's taken and all the adventures that he's going around whether they be of people or animals and and like insects or or scenery shots like all of it every single one he takes is just it's amazing um and so he introduced me to adam and coincidentally they i (laughs) pamela and phil from how to run uh, were one of my first cold call attempts and they I had just seen an article of them in the newspaper and I reached out to them that way and then after I had made contact with them Corey was like hey you need to make sure to get in touch with these people and I was like oh, okay and then he I think he reached out to them as well and put in the good word which helped that weird awkwardness of what a cold call can be <laughs> but uh, so he put the, a good bug in and then later after I had connected initially with Adam he tried to connect me with Pamela and Philip as well and it's just all of these amazing people know each other, and it's not surprising because it, there's not a whole lot of people out here, and especially with the people that are out there striving to better themselves and, and to um, bring the community together, uh, it's it's full of an amazing group of individuals, and I'm blessed to count myself among them. So, 
to today's episode, Adam Messer, it's hard to even put the, he even doesn't like the categorization of self. Um, I'm going to do my best to, to do him justice now. He goes a little, uh, I ask him to do it right off the bat, and so you'll catch his, but he's a father, he's a husband, first and foremost, and I love that about him. And, um, but he's also, he's uh, an electrician. I think that that is fair to say for his his primary job of the day. But then his passions lie in, he hosts a Sunday radio program on WRUU, a Savannah local radio station. He writes for a newspaper, um, and he is uh, an author. I believe that his he wrote a book of poetry that made it on the best sellers list on Amazon. There is some category that he made it in the top of. I remember um, I, I purchased the copy of the book and I went to his his um, book signing where we did some reading and stuff from the book and everything like that. And I got a signed copy. It was just su- he's a super amazing individual and his insight on friendship, business, personal relationships um, is really phenomenal. We got a chance to dive into a bunch of that. So much so that we this is going to spread into two different episodes and the kind of ironic or funny part about the fact that this is two episodes or it's going to be split into two different parts is that we we actually recorded our initial interview which uh ended up being overwhelmed by sound from the coffee shop that we were at but the uh, the opportunities that arose from that were actually pretty awesome i was able to the the previous episode that i recorded with steve sherman and i think this was about building legacy um, that actually spurred from the from the ladies who were at the table next to us whose conversation kind of overtook the the audio from our recording in our first one and so and that's one of those things where you could look at, like, yeah, I could have been super frustrated about the fact that this happened, but instead, like, we engaged, we had an amazing conversation after Adam and I were done recording, and that opened up the opportunity for me and Steve to talk, and that was, that was so much fun. I love Steve Sherman. He's, he was an amazing guest, and so, um, so grateful for that, and now this was the opportunity for me and Adam to make up for that interview that wasn't able to make it on air. I was also able to go on his radio show on WRUU, um, and that was and that was a great opportunity as well. So I'm happy to finally be able to get Adam and my conversation out to everyone. So, without further ado, here is part one with Adam Messer. This is this is a pretty cool. Uh, situation because this is adam and my my own our third recorded conversation i i was i was blessed with the opportunity adam invited me onto his uh radio show at wruu and we were able and me and cities uh rivas verdejo were able and adam were all able to sit down for an hour and have a chat and so most of you guys Enough. <laughs> right? No, no, and so I'm super excited for a follow up yeah. on that. I think it's gonna be really fun. Um, and we actually had I had him on my show for a recording prior to this, but technical difficulties aside, we're uh, we're we're shooting for another round. For another yeah. round. I'm so excited to be here, Matt. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Burn your boats is uh, is always looking for 
people that are just like you and so that we can i can kind of get people read on i'm so, i feel very familiar with you now at this point but i do too and you know what your burn the boat show is really catching fire <laughs> i dig it i dig it i yeah, hope so man uh, like, i just you know, and that's, i saw I, your i saw you post about it and you know those little emojis or whatever i was like oh man i've got to do the little fire 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 yes. on the boat. I was like, Bring the boat. oh you did it It was perfect i was i was dying it was it was great big smiles all the way around I'm, I'm so happy for you too because I, I remember when i first uh met you we were talking and you were still trying to set up the logistics for the podcast and yep you no, know, and um, you've taken this vision of yours and turned it into a reality. And I've been listening. I, I haven't been able to listen to all the episodes, sure. uh, but I've been listening, and I really enjoy your platform. And I enjoy the fact that uh, you try to not only you try to you know, create something interesting for people to listen to, but you try to share those skill sets. You try to pick somebody's brain and say, "Hey, you know, um, you're a successful person, or you're or you're doing this, or you're on the path." You know, what, what are some of the things that you've learned? I, I love yeah. that. I really love that about your show. Yeah. And that's one thing that I think that is, uh, it's important about the podcast medium is that first and foremost, there's gotta be entertainment value, right? Like otherwise right. You're, you're not going to have the endurance to stick through episodes and to, and to come back for more. And so, and I really think that the people that I've invited on, I'm, I've just been blessed and super lucky with, with those people in my life. And because the, the way the conversations go, uh, it feels light and, and fun, but at the same time, there's depth to it. You know, it's not surface level stuff. Yeah. Edutainment. Exactly. That's exactly it. Put together, you know, I mean, there's a reason why, uh, people watch, you know, national geographic and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in that, one of the cool things about that, uh, is I was just watching one with the kids where they were following the sloth along his journey island but they like they created this narrative behind it that was compelling and i was i was i i was i connected with this sloth and i was like i was like what is he gonna do is he gonna make it is he gonna find his mate rooting you start like yeah get that leaf (laughs) get it as slow as you possibly can (laughs) 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 yeah that's awesome so, so like I said, I'm, I feel very familiar with you now and I'm, and I know your kind of background and what you're doing, but since this will be the first time that uh, my listeners will hear kind of your side uh, yeah. of the story, can, can you kind of sum up or give oh, yeah, like yeah. a 50,000 foot view of Adam Messer? I was, uh, I was born, I grew up, <laughs> now I'm here. <laughs> no, um. Uh, yeah, that you know that is one of those questions. Uh, I'll, I'll just I'll give you the skinny on it, um, and I'll tell you what I think. Um, I, my wife and I have three children. You know, so I'm a father, husband. Um, as far as what I like doing and being creative, I, I write. I um, I do freelance work, paid work. I've done photography. Uh, yesterday, I actually did. I had an opportunity to to do acting, so I, I like creative things. It, it it boils down to storytelling. It really boils down to storytelling, and, you know, having relationships with people, like you know, having a conversation like we're we're doing now, um, engaging with those people. And for me, storytelling is a great medium, you know, because you can tell a story through a visual art, you know, like a painting or a picture. 
You can write a poem. You can write a short story. You can record a podcast. You know, this is all storytelling. That's what we do. You know, oral tradition, you know, we tell stories. And um, I'm, I'm one of those weird, funny people. I don't like the labels because I feel like I, I used to love the Renaissance period uh, as a kid growing up. And I would see these artists and these engineers and these creators and these warriors and these, you know, these lovers and these poets, they were all the same person, mm. you know? And I thought, wow, you know, I, I would like to be a Renaissance person, you know, not that I'm an expert in everything, but no. what I try to do is I try to pursue interests that I have and that, you know, if that is a short path then it's a short path If it's something that's a long-term thing, then I, I, you know, learn new things about it as much as I can. That's awesome. One of the things that I think is super important and that I, I have so much respect for you and what you do is the first thing that you said was you talked about your family and your wife and your kids. Oh yeah. People yeah. managing those things, like there, there's a feeling of restriction perhaps of time and energy and where, how you can fit all of these different things into your life. Because like you said, you have all of these different endeavors that you're pursuing while you're married and you're, you're providing. And a full-time job. Exactly. Yeah. So I guess talk to me a little bit about how, how you strike that balance. How do you manage it? Yeah. How do you, how do you fulfill the emotional needs of your kids and your wife and your own personally? It's like, what, what does that balance look like? Excuse me. Um, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna start off with uh, I, I fail every day, <laughs> and uh, I mess up every day. I make mistakes yeah. every day. Yeah. Uh, but I like to f up. I like to fail up. Yes. So I try to learn from those mistakes. I try to uh, not repeat them mm -hmm. intentionally. I mean, you know, sometimes you might make a mistake two or three times before you learn. Oh wait a minute, I shouldn't do that. You got to get that like really thorough follow through of the hand smacking you on the back of the head like oh okay that's yeah sometimes you need the head slap yeah sometimes like you say sometimes you need that, that I, I think that's you italian or sicilian yeah yeah italian. Oh, that's that love that's that that's that love you know it's like you, you don't get the you don't get the you know and my wife uh, she's from mexico city so they call it la chancla you know, uh, like, you know? Um, well i think that's uh that's a it's an important thing because uh, in the aspect of the person on the other end of it, the person who's being failed, whether you're being failed by somebody, by a friend or a loved one, or you're failing somebody, that relationship and that the communication factor there, because if you're not communicating clearly that your needs aren't being met or that, that something is failing in a way that gives that kind of loving smack on the back of the head, then you're not going to, you're not going to affect change. You're not going to affect the situation. If you're like, okay, that's fine. I can deal with it this once. There's nothing stopping it from happening again. If you're not openly communicating that there's not a consequence or something. Yeah. Right. And that's interesting that uh, you bring that up because uh, the other day I was having a conversation with uh, a person I work with and they were frustrated with someone else that there's a direct report to them or they supervise them. And the other person just really, they just don't care. You know, they have an attitude of nonchalant. They just don't care. And, and the person I was talking with, they were frustrated because, you know, sometimes they come across kind of harsh. Like, you know, that, I mean, honestly, I, I, I wouldn't do that. Like, I wouldn't literally slap somebody, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, for sure. Either. But, you know, it's that, it's that image, you know. But uh, sometimes, you know, this person can be kind of, you know, kind of rough around the edges. And, uh, but I've, I've watched this person 
and I've watched them correct the other person and try to help correct that behavior. And, um, you know, at, at some point, people, they don't value or appreciate. Now, I'm not saying everybody, right? But uh, some point, people don't value or appreciate when you're getting that feedback or that constructive feedback. Mm-hmm. Even sometimes if it's not constructive criticism and it's just criticism, yeah. You know, there's something to it. There's some kind of, you know, there's a reason why this person felt compelled to yell and, and do something or, well, or to, you know, scold you about something. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think one of the important things that, that needs to be identified and, and highlighted whenever we talk about communicating with other people is, and, and any problem that you're, you're engaging with and discussing is nuance right? Like yeah. there's, there's nuance and everything and no one wants to dive into it because then it turns the conversation. Like there's, there has to be instant, not necessarily compromise, but understanding and shifting because if I get constructive criticism from you about the, about say my podcast, mm-hmm. I'm going to receive that differently than if a person that I work with in the army gives me constructive criticism on the podcast because you're in the podcast field. Right. And you and you and my, my relationship is different. It's unique. There's a relevant experience that you could share. Right. And, exactly. And the army, you're talking about communication styles. There are different needs for different styles of communication. Yes. There's not time in the army. And, in, you know, I don't, I, I'm not a veteran, so I'm just speaking from my observations. Sure. But there's not time to be able to say, let's think about this. Mm-hmm. There's, there's times where it has to be a direct order. And the other person has to comply with that order without question. And so the there's a need for that certain type. Absolutely, of thing. absolutely. And well, and and with that, and with any business, um, there can be. I'm going to drink a little of my coke. Absolutely, I got I got my coffee. We're good. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Hi, cheers. Cheers. But there's a sometimes um, there there is time to communicate the why. That seems to be the biggest. Um, factor in providing the the correct motivation. Yeah, for somebody. Understand the nuance of of saying, okay, well, is this the time to ask about that? Why exactly? Or is this the time just to act? Exactly. And I think part of how you build that up, how you get to the point when you can you can give orders, say in the military or or wherever, and people will take action on it is developing the relationship of trust. Yes. If you are yeah. out there and you're actually, you, you show that you're, you're like, so for me, I can delegate a bunch of work to my subordinates and I can have them do that and I can trust them and I need to be able to do that and I need to be able to trust them. But when I have the time and the ability to be out there with them working and like, it, I mean, there could be something as, uh, trivial as taking a bunch of things out of a storage container taking everything out getting rid of stuff we don't need anymore and then reorganizing the stuff we're putting back in and that could be the task for the morning you know and if i'm out there with them sweating in the 98 degree georgia humid summer you know Mm -hmm. then that that provides a different narrative of myself with them in the workplace, yeah, leading from the front, leading exactly. from the front is great. And I love, I, I, I still use this. Uh, this is one of my new, new things, Matt, that you blessed me with. Uh, actively 
prioritizing and deprioritizing things. And, you know, um, I, I do my top three, you know, for the day. I, I think, like, okay, what are my top three priorities today? Yeah. Um, and, and kind of going back to the time management thing, I'll give you an example of um, you're asking me how, how do I balance those things? Yes. How, you know, how do I juggle those things? So it's serious brought up this question about, like, um, you know, what um, – and I apologize, my – things going off here <laughs> you're good uh, messenger you know like you that, this is one of the ways that i manage things it's like i get messages all day yeah uh, but uh sirius brought this up you know she was talking about wearing different hats and things like that mm -hmm. and i i look at it like this okay so um for example using the army as an example you know when you say army you think of one unit you think right. of one thing the army is a million trillion different things mm -hmm. and being in the army you know like you're saying sometimes you might have to reorganize the connex yeah other times you might be in the office waiting for supplies to arrive or materials yeah. or an email and that's your job you're actually the waiting part is your job yeah. you know so uh <clears throat> juggling uh yeah so yesterday i did this uh this acting gig first time ever doing acting it was pretty cool a lot of fun um it was my friday off so Number one, it was taking away from my family time. Yeah. So I arranged to do the stuff that I could do in the morning with my family before my, my job that I had to do. So, you know, I took my son to his new job. Um, I made sure everything was settled with, you know, him getting back home and, um, you know, because I wasn't going to be able to pick him up. Uh, made sure, you know, the things that I could have, you know, that I could manage, I managed. Right. And I went, I went to the, the location for the job. And it was, I got there probably about 10. Yeah, it was, it was about 10 in the morning. Um, call time was like 11.15, but I wanted to get there early, make sure the paperwork's done, things like that. Um, and then I didn't leave until 10.30, and I was downtown. So, you know, that's a full day. In between, I talked to my wife for probably a minute, and I, I texted her a couple times throughout the day, just, you know, keeping communication up. Everything was fine. Um, but that's something that, you know, took away from my family time with them. It's something that added value for me because I'd, I'd never done an acting job before. I've worked on set as a cameraman, uh, doing set photography. I've worked as a grip, which for people that don't know what a grip is, a grip is the person that carries the heavy things. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a cool name. That's And there's some yeah. uh, some behind-the-scenes scenes, info uh, yeah. for people. <laughs> and, and, and juggling those things, uh, so, so – this morning leading in today. Uh, I didn't go to sleep probably until 1230 last night. Yep. I knew that I was going to be doing this interview with you. Matter of fact, I had to ask you if we could rearrange the interview today right. because the opportunity that came up yesterday and that opportunity only came up um, the day before. Right. Uh, Thursday was, it was actually solidified Thursday for Friday, you know, excuse me. And, and we communicated and, you know, I told you what was going on and, you know, Pardon me, this Coca-Cola is going right through me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we talked about that, and, you know, so we, we, we came up with a new game plan, mm -hmm. and here we are doing this. Yep. This morning, my, my son, I dropped him off at work. My wife is taking care of some um, other stuff with my, my other daughter. Um, we're, we've already planned out for a little thing tomorrow with uh, my daughter and her friend. They want to go do some stuff. So we just we figure out, like, okay, what, what do we want to do? What can we commit to? What can we follow through with? Yeah. Not, not using those terms, you know, oh, without, course, I don't, I don't talk to my wife like, okay, so, um, 
I've been looking at the metrics lately, and uh, I noticed that we're behind schedule on the scope. So, you know, how can we uh, how can we get back on track so yeah. that uh, we can hit the targets for these goals? We don't talk like that. No. You know, who, who talks like that in real life? You know, no. at work you might use. I, I like to call it corporate ease. I'm yeah. sure the army's yeah. got its own. You we know, got our whole litany of jargon that we have. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, being on set yesterday, I was listening to the pros you know professionals or whatever you know they have their own set of lingo and you know it's like you just say like for example um i just learned this yesterday that when they say go back to one what would you think that means um going back to the first part of that scene going back you're very like, close you're very close so you're back to one is like when you start a scene there's a place where you start at and you're standing physically mm. that's your one so when they, you have to do another I mean, it makes it makes sense, and like that's the thing is jargon makes sense once it's when you know it. Yeah. If you're on the outside, it's like back to one. What you know? What do you mean? You know? So that's We're that's a good thing. Keep that communication open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep that communication open, and then uh, managing or you know, I, I, uh, it's so weird. I catch myself doing corporate ease a lot. Um, just just figuring out <clears throat> when conflict happens how to work through it. You know, and I, I, the other day I, I thought of something, I was like, you know, some next level stuff is when you can communicate through a conflict rather than, you know, being snarky or sarcastic or, you know, belligerent, you know, when you can, when you can communicate in and during a conflict and be able to come out with some kind of positive resolution, even if that positive resolution means that, you know, okay, actively deprioritizing something, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's not really a positive or a negative. It could have a negative impact, you know, but if you, if you, like you explained, if you're actively deprioritizing it, doesn't mean I forgot about it. <laughs> doesn't mean that, you know, I'm not, I'm ignoring it. It means that I know it's there, yep. but I'm putting it below something else because I have something else that I need to prioritize. There's, there's a, there's a cut line for the day when it yeah. comes to different categories <clears throat> of action. And so I'm like, like you have a full-time job. I have a full-time job. I'm in the army. And so when I'm at work, yeah, have, just like you said, you know, I go in and I have my whiteboard and on my whiteboard, I have a list of 17 things that need to be done. And I draw a line and I'm like, okay, everything above this line will be done today. And yeah. that's acknowledging all of the chaos that's going to come in. So the way that we, we talk about, planning and doing things with the military jargon, at least in the army is we talk about uh, target distances. Cause when you're at the range, the closest target to you is 50 meters. And okay. so 50 meter target is your immediate short-term goals. That's like today goals, right? Nice. And a 50 meter target for this is this. So you'll, you hear that a lot in the military. Um, so for me in my current position, because I'm one of five people, I, and I'm, but I'm the only one there. My shop is supposed to have five people, but it's just me. And so the way that I express it is that I live in the world of the knife fight. I can't even see my 50 meter targets because everything is just constantly coming up around me. So that's where, that's why that cut line becomes really important because yeah. as I'm managing that, those really are the 50 meter targets. And then the knife fight is everything that's constant, like all the fires that get lit right. that day right. that need to be managed and put out. And so if I don't do that, because there was a time when I didn't understand management and priorities and, and when I was still figuring out how to prioritize 
all of these different things that are coming from different people. Mm-hmm. It was like, how do I decide what's what? And so some of that comes a lot of that, if not all of that knowledge that I have now of how to prioritize came from failing. It came yeah. from, yeah. I have to make a choice. I'm <clears throat> going to do this because this just came up. I'm like, nope, that actually could have been pushed to the side. And then I, and essentially when I actively deprioritize these things, mm-hmm. then that created these second and third order effects that fell out from there that were really, really bad. And now, okay, I see that my understanding is there. Let's, let's address next time that a situation like that comes up. I understand. I understand more. And so, and it's one of the things that I, I, tr- I firmly believe is that you learn so much more through failure than you do through success. Success is great. It feels yeah. amazing, but yeah. who makes it to the, their successful state without falling on their face a couple of times, you know? And yeah. I mean, you see, you see success, um, you don't see the thousand steps of failure to get yep. there. Yep. You know, the 10,000 steps. Exactly. Um, and I, 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 that's why I said I like to F up. I like to fail up. You yeah. know, I like to you know, figure out and fail up. And, um, you know, <laughs> I love that Bruce Lee's uh, phrase that, you know, um, I never uh, pray for uh, an easy life. I pray for the strength to endure a hard one. Oh, because, God, it's beautiful. Yeah. It just, you know, I've had a lot of difficulties in my life, but, I, I look at it like this. I've always, I've always adopted, you know, never give up, never quit. You know, that doesn't mean that I don't stop doing things. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's a lot of things I shouldn't do. I mean, like I put on some weight this year, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was like 200 pounds last year and I put on probably a good 25, 30 pounds. I, my weight's been going from 225 to 230. I had a conversation yesterday with a lady, you know, th- there's a difference between knowing and acting. So you can oh. know like, Oh, everybody knows how to lose weight. Everybody knows how to do certain things. But doing it is the difference, you know, it really is actually doing it, being a doer um, is the big difference. And, you know, that's a choice like like this. I know this is going to sound crazy, but this is a, you know, Coke Zero. Um, it's got a lot of chemicals in it, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have the sugar in it. I'm a right. diabetic. I'm type two diabetic. So I know if I drank a regular Coke, it would have sugar and I'd have you know negative effects. I know I should be drinking water instead of right. soda. Right. But I just I wanted that caffeine. I wanted yeah. the flavor, you know, that comfort, you yeah. know, drinking Coke. You know, we kind of get in these habits and you have to, you have to step, like you were talking about introspection and retrospection and just, you know, evaluating those, you know, steps. That is also part of the, the formula or whatever. Uh, because if you don't look, we, you know, as human beings, we have the ability to figure out, okay, well, did this work or did this not work? Mm-hmm. I can model what you're doing and replicate those outcomes, you know, vice versa. You know, that's, that's the whole thing. The shortcutting, you know, Tony Robbins talking about crushing decades into days. Yeah. You know, being able to shortcut without taking shortcuts. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's a, a big thing too, because if you don't learn from your mistakes, um, what are you doing? Are you just, yeah. you know, what are you doing? You're just repeating the yesterday? Are we living yesterday again? <laughs> I know? think that's a great point. And, and part of that, what I'm picking up from what you're saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that not only do we need to learn from our mistakes, but we can learn from our own and other people's successes. And I kind of translate also that into not necessarily just focusing on our weaknesses and and how to overcome those to 
take that next step to, to get that next promotion, to start that next business, to begin the next endeavor, but to highlight your strengths. Right. And so I think that that was a, one of the beautiful things that I've read in the little bit of Tony Robbins that I've experienced myself is that when he talks about crushing years into days or, you know, decades into years is that if you, if you make, if you actively prioritize that anything that you want to do and you're, you look at what your average successful person in that field is doing and you just, you do that times 10, then you're going well, to yeah, I, I get believe those in results. Too. Yeah. I believe in the 10X uh, rule too. Um, I love it. I think it's, I'm sorry, it's I didn't so mean to cut simple. You off, just, no, please bring it. it. Well, I, everything you're saying, I think is on the money. I really do. I think um, it, it's, it's really strange because my background before, and I, I've just been focusing on the art stuff, mm-hmm. yeah, but my background is in business and leadership. Um, started my first management job was when I was 18. Uh, before that, I was not a manager, but yeah, you know, I, I always wanted to get into management. I, I couldn't go to college right off the off the bat. I, well, actually, I did go to college. I failed out my first year. I flunked out of my first year. Um, and the first, uh, when that first over, and I was like, you know what, on academic probation, and you know, the dean uh, overturned like a whole semester for me just because of the personal situation I was going through. Um, I still had to deal with that, you know, still had to deal with, okay, well, this is, you know, my whole elementary grade youth years, you know, up to adulthood is, mm-hmm. you know, this, this plan is out the door. And um, I thought about going to the military and it just, it, nothing was ever right with me uh, with it about it. And as an adult though, I had to learn how to deal with other people, manage other people, be able to get projects, you know, finish complete projects um, on time, hit deadlines, you know, make sure that those results are, are you know, I, I really think that you should produce results that are above your targets. Right. And, and when, when you can at all possible, you know, go above and beyond when you can. Right. And um, I think with the, like talking about the 10 X rule, if you think that you need a hundred dollars to start a business, you really need a thousand. If you think it's going to take 10 hours in a day, well, there's not a hundred hours in the day, mm-hmm. but it's going to be more than 10 hours. You're, we, I mean, for our, our brains, our brains kind of underestimate things. Mm-hmm. You know, our brains automatically want to kind of give us the easy way out. Like if you say, Oh, I can't do this. Your brain's gonna say, Oh yeah, you're right. We're not gonna be able to do that. So let's mm-hmm. just do something else. Um, yeah. But when you make that commitment and you, you have that grit and that determination and say, you know what? I failed, but I'm going to learn from it. Who else is doing what I want to do? Who else has done what I want to do? And sometimes you might be doing something completely new, but unlikely that you're creating a new industry. It's unlikely that you're creating something just completely new. That it's just, it's something that human beings have never heard of or experienced. And even if you are unlikely, yeah, there are aspects of it that are still relatable to what other people have done where you can take, you can kind of piecemeal success together. I mean, it's like you said, it's, it's unlikely that you're Elon Musk that's coming out with Neuralink right now. You know what I mean? And if you are. And even that, even that that's been in science fiction for the last yeah, 60 or 70. Truly. Yes. Truly. Even that idea is not new. Yep. It's just applying the science to it. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but that's a new field of study. 
you know, but it's been in, in theory or it's been in fiction for a long time, long time, you know? So that my, I guess my point is that those building blocks, you know, those common building blocks, we all have certain things that we have to do, you know, it doesn't matter what your job is or what, you know, and when I say job, I mean, you can apply the term work to anything that you want to, to apply it to art, podcasting, you know, your job, you know, your nine to five gig, you know, caretaking, whatever, whatever you want to apply it to the work that you do, you know, the things that you do to accomplish those goals, you know, that's work, you know, you have to put in the work, you have to put in the time. Well, and it's a, like, there's so, this weird compartmentalization and categorization that we do in our head that we shift. And it, it's important to an extent because you need to operate a certain way when you're at work and operate differently when you're at home. And if, and there are actually many instances and cases that are easily demonstrable, even just through movies that we've seen throughout the years, if not people's own personal lives of, of when that line gets blurred and, and I even know for me, like when I go out and do a field exercise and I'm, I'm living army day and night for mm-hmm. weeks to months on end. And then I come home to the, to the family. Then I, I remember when I, when I was married, my now ex-wife, she, she would say, she would basically just tell everyone to like lay off me for like the next 24 hours. She was like, you get a day, you get a day to, to get Matt back <laughs> and yeah. not, Sergeant Lasalia, you know, and so yeah. and uh, yeah. and it, it, it's important. It's important. It, it, all of those are important. It goes back to what you were talking about with communication and and being able to understand where somebody is at and being able to meet them there. And so that kind of I remember in our first conversation that we had, uh, we had discussed um, a interaction that you had with a coworker. And it kind of goes, relates back to an earlier part of, of this conversation, which is um, kind of how you deal with conflict or how you deal with problems and, and uh, obstacles that come up, even if it's within personal relationships in the workplace that aren't about a work task, but how those can cascade and then affect the work. How do you, how do you manage that? type of situation when when there is just the personalities are clashing and there's not going to be a, a come together moment like what's what's yeah. your mental approach what is your actual tangible tangible approach um so let me just make sure i'm understanding you want you you want me to tell you talk with you about how i deal with conflict resolution when there's not going to be an amicable turnout right there's not going to be uh, there's not going to be, you know, so uh, the, I, I deal with it a couple of different ways. It just depends on the level of severity of that relationship because it's like a divorce. I mean, I'm, I'm luckily I'm happily married. I've met a lot of people and had family members that get divorced and I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. I've seen people that, you know, that they get divorced and that they're not on speaking terms and mm-hmm. they do, you know, petty things and, you know, whatever. But, to me, it's, it's like a mental divorce. And what I do is, um, if the, uh, first of all, being professional is a behavior, you know, it's a, it's a learned behavior. Anyone can learn how to be professional. Um, so maintaining that, uh, objectivity, being able to remove yourself from the situation to understand and not take things personally is difficult. It takes a lot of practice. Uh, but what I do 
And I think I think you're talking about when I was talking about the energy vampire thing, right? Is that what you're kind of referring to? Um, what I do with uh, with that situation where I know that things are just you know messed up and they're you know it's not going to go back to you know any any type of whatever. I do what I can to make it a working relationship. You know, I don't have to like the person to be able to work with them. Now, if I do like them and we we gel and we synergize and everything's just on point and we're hitting on all cylinders, you're going to get better production and productivity and effectiveness. But when you can't, then what you have to do is you have to maintain a professional relationship. You have to be able to still think about the end goal and not think about yourself as much as you need to think about, okay, well, what is, what is, what's, for example, when I worked at the university, uh, what's, what's in the best interest of my students, you know, and I might have to work with someone I don't like at all in order to help that student, you know, it might take a team effort. Um, and I always brought that in the forefront of my mind. What is the best interest? What's in the best interest of the student? And you can apply that question to anything, you know, what's in the best interest of my clients? What's in the best interest of my guest? You know, I've had, I've had guests on my radio show that I really didn't care for. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying that I don't like them. Mm -hmm. I just, you know, but I did the best of my ability to have the radio show and, you know, the the podcast or whatever. And, and I wanted to genuinely help them to be able to put their word out or put their message out. You know, so it's a mental trick. Sometimes you have to just pretend like this is your best friend. You know, sometimes you have to say, Hey, you know, it, 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 it's kind of a weird trick that works for me, but when I first meet somebody, you know, I, I don't know why uh, it works, but, you know, I just think to myself, well, how would I, like, if if I first met you and I'd never met you and I was kind of nervous about meeting you, you know, and I, I'd heard, you know, like, I don't know, I heard, maybe, let's just say Matt was the, you know, the the drill sergeant that's like, oh, you know, really tough, <laughs> yeah. tough you know, nasty character, and uh, I'm like, oh, man, you know, kind of intimidating at first. I would just pretend like okay well this is this is my favorite drill sergeant or this is my favorite right. you know this is my best friend that i've known since grade school or whatever mm-hmm. and for some reason it, it works it's almost like that trick uh with, with talking in front of a group of people and they say oh imagine people naked mm-hmm. or you know imagine something like you know something funny it kind of relaxes you yeah it's a mental trick um people that are energy vampires i disengage i disengage and i i don't th- there's not enough time in the day to share it with people that are like that just not uh, there's 168 hours in a week my time your time our time is precious and valuable it's the only commodity that we truly cannot recover you can do things with your time you can repeat something and redo it but that's a new set of, of time you know and and that yep. to me is <clears throat> you know if i find and i feel like i'm a pretty good judge of character and size of people up if i find someone is um just trying to use me for whatever i might play along and find out what's up yeah you know i might be like oh well you know maybe this person knows somebody that i'd like to meet sure i'm not gonna disengage with them right off the bat but i'm gonna make sure that you know i understand what kind of person they are and i you know what kind of relationship we have you know it's like the friend that only calls you up when they they need something yeah. No, there's, I mean, it's a, expectation management and everything is super important. And especially yeah. in relationships, uh, whether they be business, personal or intimate, you know, it's, if you're able to establish that's, that's why I, I've gotten to the point in my own life where I can't 
it's it's just difficult to put on a false front you know what i mean like you get to a point where you're just like i don't have time i don't like i would rather have someone know exactly what my intentions are what is it that i'm trying to do and then we can operate if we can operate together to make something awesome happen let's do Mm -hmm. it you know and if and if we can't then that's okay you know, and yeah. like you said, there's, there's something to be gained out of any relationship that, that is there any interaction with another person? There is, there is potential, uh, growth. There's mm-hmm. potential, uh, creativity and, and creations that are possible, even if it's not with that person, but with the fact that you had you could even learn something like, okay, this is something you, you might learn something like, well, this is how I don't want to behave. Yeah. It could be know? as simple as that. That's and to well, me, that's like, that's like the baseline of a negative interaction. Like, okay, I will never treat another yeah. person like that. And it can help you to grow. I mean, it's helped me a lot because I'll be honest with you. There's sometimes where, you know, I'll lose my cool, of you know, I might, get, I might get aggravated or, you know, whatever. And I'll lose my cool. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not always feeling that, you know, freak out or whatever, but you know, I might lose my cool. And then I think to myself, well, why did I let this person, Mm-hmm. And it's not even them. It's mm-hmm. not even them. It, why did I get upset? Why Actually, did I allow myself to to yeah. to to be aggravated by that situation? And it's a learning tool for me because I, I use that as a, I mean, like talking about growth hacking or whatever, or talking about learning from failing up. Mm-hmm. That to me is a big one because there there are people that they they're bored or whatever reason they just like to push people's buttons. Yeah, you know, and. Uh, it's called it's, Twitter. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just weird. But if you you know even if you could take it away from like okay, well, what can I learn from the situation? You know what? How can I add value? And sometimes you, you can't think that like right on the fly. Sometimes you're no. gonna be like, no, somebody's usually here. that's that's that is after the fact, after you've been fired up. Because I mean, you have to acknowledge if you do not acknowledge that we are emotional beings, we are, and we justify we're, we're things logically. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like you just there are you know, we, we, I was matter of fact, I, I was talking to my son this morning. We we're, you know, so this is kind of off into the philosophical realm. Or well, let's, let's go there. Okay. All right. So music, I'm going to, I just want to talk about music. I love music. I, I don't know anybody that doesn't love music. Um, and I'm not talking about hearing impaired or deaf people, of course. you know, I'm just talking about, you know, in general, um, music. Can you touch it? Can you feel it? Emotionally. <laughs> Can you feel it? But like skin? No. Uh, no. Can you touch it? Can you touch music? No. But can you feel it? Yeah. Can you feel music? Mm-hmm. You can't touch it, but you can feel it. Mm-hmm. That was that was the the point. Mm-hmm. You can't touch music but you can feel it yeah you know and it reaches us on a different level so we're we're different levels of you know we so a philosophical so this is like what you know kind of out there philosophically though we're all just a vibration you know i mean what what is an atom yeah it's it's just different tiny particles vibrating at certain speeds yeah what yeah what are we then we're a vibration, you know, that energy exchange that we have, it's a vibration. Music touches us because it evokes those emotions. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes us think about, oh, well, you know, I could see myself, I could see myself in your shoes. You know, I could, I can relate to that person. 
you know, that could have happened. That could have been my mom or that could have been my, my sister or whatever. It's a great point. I really think that like, cause we talk about people being empaths and, and just be, or just generally just being empathetic uh, yeah. or sympathetic, which I think, I think it's different things really. I think being empathetic and being an empath are, they're similar, but they're not the same. Right. Like, empathetic no, to me is like being able to understand somebody's emotions without having to take on that, uh, their emotional, not mimicking their emotions. Right. Being an empath is, is more on a philosophical realm. It's like, you know, not quite being psychic, but having that uh, deeper, you know, connection and that vibrant, like you know, you're actually frequency. feeling what that person's feeling because you've taken on that emotional set so deeply and so much into who what you that? are that like somebody loses their father and you're feeling that sadness. That, without that verbal communication. Right. Yeah. Right. Like I can, you know, I can feel, now I'm not talking about me, but I'm talking about general. When you, when you feel like that, you can actually feel their emotions. You can feel like there's something wrong with them. You know, um, not even, you know, they might, they might have a smile on their face. Mm-hmm. You know, they might be like, everything's great, but you just know that there's yeah. something wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, you might ask them, hey, everything okay today, Matt? Yeah. You, know, you're, you know, anything, man? You know, you want a glass of water or something? You know, right. it might be some that That's weird, but like, uh, you know, sometimes I might ask them, like, hey, you know, you, you, you want a Coke? You want a drink or something? Right. And that little thing, it just kind of opens up that door. Yeah. Yeah, it's just so it's just saying, hey man, I'm here. If you want to listen, you know, you want to talk, I'll, I'll listen or whatever. Well, on a on a less deep level, on a less uh, connected level, empathy, empathy or being empathetic itself. Some people just, I don't know. There seems to be a feeling that some people are just empathetic and some people are not, and they could be sympathetic but not necessarily empathetic. I I think that it's all a choice. It's a choice of where you're willing to let your mind go in the sense of yeah. like how deep are you willing to let yourself go into this person's shoes? Like, you know, can't that's true. That's true. But also I think as well, uh, and, and this, this is everybody has different talents and abilities and gifts. Mm-hmm. And so we operate on different levels, right? So, some people are gifted with high intelligence. Some people are gifted with mechanical ability. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of, there's like seven major intelligences that you can, you can have. Some people are not intelligent at all. They're not gifted and they're not talented, but they can be wonderful people. Yeah. You know, uh, it doesn't mean that they're not worthy and they're not valuable. They're not, they don't have value. They are valuable. They are, they have value. Um, but that's something else too, that we have to think about is like, okay, well, I might be operating, you know, on the 99th floor. They might be on the 50th floor. I help them be somewhere in the middle, you know. And there's a lot of times where I'll have to throttle back, maybe a thought or expression or something like that. And it's not because the other person isn't smart or capable. It's just because we have different vantage points. We have different viewpoints. Sure. Emotionally, and emotional intelligence um, to me is. It, it, it's really the it's it's like what runs us you know i know some people try to act like they're logistics you know not logistics but logical uh, i got my words confused there <laughs> see stuff happens but yeah. being sympathetic um and empathetic you know two different things but 
some people don't have those skill sets. They haven't built that, that, you know, that emotional muscle up. You know, they don't, they can't comprehend or, or cope with somebody. And I'm not saying that they, they can't say, well, oh, you burnt your hand. Well, I, I can understand how that feels. You know, I'm not saying that, but I mean, they might, they might not understand that, or maybe they had something that, uh, you know, happened to them when they were younger that they just built up, you know, this, this wall so that when something traumatic happens, they're just like, they don't care or they yeah. act like they don't care. They do care, but it's not about you. It's about them. Well, and a lot of it comes, you know, back they do to, care. People care. Yeah. I, I think a lot of that for people. And when they, when they have that thought or they're, they're battling that they don't care or they think that they don't care or like they don't think that they should. A lot of it comes back and, and what we do on a daily basis seems to come back to like our personal narrative. What story are we yeah. telling about ourselves and, and why are we letting other people see? Yeah. And, and why, if I'm, if I get to write the story of myself and I, and I tell it to myself every day, why am I telling myself that I'm terrible at public speaking? Why am I telling myself that I'm scared of heights? Why am I allowing these narrative lines to conditioning be a yeah. You know, we it's a choice. Like it, it's it, conditioning it, too. I mean, like, well, you know, it, it's going back to philosophy or whatever. We have a system, the system designed for people to fit in the system. You know, it's not designed for people who are the you know, the oddballs or the weirdos or the, you know, outskirts or whatever, you know, anybody that's outside of that system, you know, right off the bat, because they're doing something different. They're doing something abnormal. It's like, well, why, why is this guy doing this and doing that or whatever? He's not doing You know, he's not, you never hear about people that are in the system. And they do the daily grind. No, they just, you know, they, they just don't talk. The, you know, it's like, the I don't go to work. Is that, yeah, the irony is that many, most, if not all of the functions that facilitate that standard, normal, everyday system were created by the outliers. So it was a way to control masses. I don't even think, I don't even think necessarily that, that there was, there, there were people, perhaps there were people that took the outliers creations and turned it that way to continue to control and, and to implement uh, uh, order and, and rules that way. But the outliers, like the people who created the computer, the person who developed the internet, like these are all things like these, these were outliers. Like you don't have a person that worked through oh, the yeah, system. Yeah. I see what you're saying there. No, they, they probably, those folks that create you know, that to control the masses. I'm just talking about a system. I'm not talking yeah. about technology per se. I'm talking about like a system of order. You know, I mean, sure. we live in yeah. a, we don't live in a hierarchy, but we live in a system of order. You know, Alexander the Great said that he didn't fear an army of lions led by a sheep. He feared an army of sheep led by a lion. That's, yeah. An outlier. You want to talk about an outlier? <laughs> you know, Alexander the Great, we're still talking about him a couple thousand years later. Right. You know, his his what he did in his lifetime, you know, we're still thinking about it, and we're still you know looking back. At, I mean, Sun Tzu, the Art of War. How long ago was that? You know what what's come after that that replaced it? That's better. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I know there's a lot of things out there, but you know, I think it goes back to uh, 
you have to you have to have a common denominator, right? You have to have that common denominator, and being able to communicate with people on whatever level they're able to communicate with, emotionally or uh, you know otherwise, um, that's a skill set. You know, that's a, a memory muscle that you have to develop. That's a that's a device that you have to come up with a mechanic that you have to you know work with. You have to you have to find out what works for you. Mm-hmm. You have to go with that. You know, and whatever whatever. Where, wherever you find yourself, you know, take yourself with you, you know, go there, be there, be present. Absolutely. I, I, I bring this up and I, th- I think it's kind of interesting that you're talking about this, but I had a conversation yesterday uh, with a person I just met. Um, we had a lot of things in common. We were actually kind of having a philosophical conversation. And one of the things that she brought up was that, you know, you, you kind of touched on this being uh, compartmentalizing our lives mm-hmm. and, you know, when you were married, your wife would say, okay, you've got 24 hours to come back as Matt. Yeah. Yeah. You had to have that decompression time. Mm-hmm. Um, but that behavior that you had was conditioned. You yeah. were taught to be like that. Yep. So that 24 hours, your wife is like, okay, I understand that this is your job. This is you at your job. Mm-hmm. This is not you. This was not my husband and my, my father and my children. So she knows, she knew the difference between that and she knew that you needed some time to recuperate yeah. you know, from that. This lady and I were talking yesterday and she was talking about, you know, that we're, we're different with different people and I like to feel like I'm the same person wherever I go. I don't act different in front of my friends or at work with my children. I, I, try, to, I try to be pretty steady with it. But I, I did tell her that, you know, everybody... I feel like everybody is being truthful and they're being themselves, but it's on different layers. Like, you know, you, you and I are going to have a different level that I would have with my wife that I would have with my children. Same thing with you. You're going to have a different level with me than you would have with your new girlfriend. Yep. You know, we're, we have different levels that we, we're still the same person, you know, but certain situations call for different behavior, trained, learned, conditioned behavior. You go to work, you have to act a certain way. You go to church, you have to act a certain way. You go, you know, like right now we're talking, you know, we have to act a certain way. You know, like I, I can't, like if I wanted to drop the F-bomb right now, this not going to be appropriate for your show. So I, I'm not going to do that. You know what I mean? And there's certain situations where I might drop the F-bomb. And it, yeah. yeah, you know, it is. And it, 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 it fits, you know. Um, I'm not saying that you have to drop the F-bomb or whatever. I'm just saying it's yeah. just an example. But we we sh- we show people what we want to show them. They see what they want to see. But everything is really just a reflection of yourself and someone else. Yeah. You know, when I'm talking to you, and we're we're, I, I'm filtering it through my lens. I'm filtering it yeah. through my ears, and what I hear is, you know, I'm 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 filtering all of that back out. And you know, you might have an influence on that thought or that emotion or whatever. But ultimately, it is me who determines how I react to it or how I take it in or don't take it in. You know, you, we have control over that and kind of goes back to the ego and the id and all that stuff. I just, mm-hmm. when you, when I think when you realize that you're, we're connected, we're all connected in a certain way. We're all different and we're all reflection of each other. It, it's, it, it's, it's kind of a, sometimes a little overwhelming to think about how big it is, but 
at the same time, it's, it's also really beautiful. It's also really incredible that you can say, well, I could, I, you know, I'm learning from this experience with you. You know, I'm, I'm talking with you and I'm learning, talking, listening to you, talking with you. I'm even learning from talking about stuff that I'm, you know, coming up with or thinking about while, while we're talking you know, we're, the whole time, you know, and then some people, they, that's not how they operate. That's not, you know, their level, you know, they're, they're like, well, why, why would I want to put mayonnaise and mustard on my bologna sandwich today and no cheese when every day I just put mayonnaise and cheese on my sandwich? Yeah. You know, they're a bologna sandwich kind of person every day. They want that same consistency mm -hmm. because that consistency, that routine provides them a level of comfort and it provides them a level of stability that yeah. they need in their lives. That's no different and no worse or no better than me wanting to have, you know, beef stroganoff for lunch instead of a bologna sandwich. Right. You know, it's the same. It, you, you get out of it what you want to get out of it. No. And, and you know? I think one of the an interesting <laughs> thing, I think we actually talked about this on, on your show was the, the importance of embracing situations that make you uncomfortable and that make you afraid in this life, especially for us in the United States right now, because we have, this is some of the most secure, safe, consistent over a long period of time uh, period that has existed in human history where right. you, you don't have to worry about, uh, you know, the next city over coming over in the middle of the night while you're out hunting and them raping and pillaging your village, you know, like, so right. like it's, it, we're so far beyond that, that we, we have this sense of security every day. And so we kind of get lulled into the sense of complacency, but more, more importantly than that, we get, we get wrapped up in this nice, warm, comfortable blanket of, these are the things that I do every day. I get to talk to these people that I know I get along with at work. I get to perform these same kind of functions at work that I know how to do and I feel comfortable doing. I get to come home. I drive the same route home from work every day in the, in the car that I've had for the past three years to the same people mm -hmm. I see every day. And, and everything, there's, there's comfort, there's familiarity, there's security. And I'm not taking away the importance of that. I think that a lot, there, there should be a sense of security in your life. Um, I, I think, have a Coca-Cola right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think mean, about it like in like the big aspect. We're creatures of comfort. <laughs> we are. And and I think that it's important to have that in your personal relationships. I think developing that with your personal relationships so that you have those rocks to lean on, that is where I would like to see people focus their their security energy is in their relationships. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. in your personal endeavors and what you're trying to do, if you're not embracing change and um and the uncomfortable you're yeah you'll be secure but there's rarely is there growth in security and that's one of the things that i appreciate about what the way that you operate in this world is that you've had so many different endeavors and you currently have them and you're constantly looking out uh and, and how like you just did this acting gig yesterday which was not a thing three days ago yeah right and right. and so when when new opportunities present themselves to you mm -hmm. and you have like how do you overcome do you deal with a sense of fear and with opportunities that do come up how do you manage that 
how, how does that, how does, what is your approach to those kind of things? Or do you take like a logical kind of approach or is it an emotional base? Like, how do you feel about it? I'm, I'm curious. Uh, I, can I address that in a couple parts? Oh, please. Uh, all of them, all okay. the parts. <laughs> fear. I want to talk about fear because that is, that is a, fear is one of those things that it will either change you or it will torment you. Right. Um, you're either going to grow because you have to, you know, or you're going to grow because you stayed in the same position for the last 30 years. You know, you grow, but you just don't see the growth, you know? And I'll give you an example. You, you find out you have cancer. You're afraid you change your lifestyle. You change everything you do. You still die. You know, that's not your fault. It's not a blame thing. It's just, you know, your fault. Or you have cancer. You don't know when you're going to die or if you're going to die. You might not die, you you know, whatever. And you decide, I'm going to live every last moment that I have to the fullest that I can. And I've seen that. I've seen people do that. And you uh, you have to make that choice. You have to decide whether or not you want to live your life or if you want to be uh, a player on the stage, if you want to watch it, you know, do you want to watch your life go by or do you want to live your life? You know, um, I don't, I mean, I'm not going to say that I don't get afraid. I'm not afraid of things or I don't have fear, but my, my fear, I've learned to identify it and tackle it right on. You know, I, I, if I'm afraid of something, why am I afraid of it? You know, why, why is it bothering me? What am I afraid of? You know, is it financial insecurity or, you know, is it like you were talking about, um, like, uh, village plundering or whatever? Um, you know, is there a physical fear? Is there, you know, is there a threat of bodily harm or injury? You know, what is the fear? Is it, is there some kind of reality based to it? Or is it just, is it just worry or anxiety or is it just, you know, did I eat today? Did I, you know, am I thirsty? Do I need to have a drink of water? You know, because, you know, your body does weird things sometimes. Have you ever noticed, uh, it, you know, you might have gone all day and not had anything to eat? I, I mean, I do just, that every day. Start start. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, hydration and proper nutrition have a huge impact on our thinking and our emotions. You know, like this Snicker Bar commercial. Those Snicker Bar commercials are so popular because they resonate with people because no, you're getting hangry. Yeah. You know, eat a Snickers, you know? It's so real. Um, people know. I mean, it's the truth. But, uh, you know, it's like, why are, you, why, what, why are you afraid what's causing that fear? You know, what can you do about it? Do you have control over that situation? If you don't have control of the situation, then you have control over your perceptions of it, your reality of it, how you interact with it or, or react to it or, you know, whatever. Um, how – and – Kind of, I guess going back to the, the main part of the question. What, what do I do? do? You have, do you have uh, an example of an opportunity that came up where there was emotional uh, friction? I guess you could say, um, even if it wasn't recent, just things that that have come up, and whether yeah. it be an opportunity or an obstacle, and then there was fear associated with it, because that's a big part of it. Is I know that we had talked about emotional muscles and I know that courage is one of them and, and the ability to act 
well afraid is yeah. an emotional muscle. Yeah. And I know that yeah. I know that the, yeah. the, this muscle is strong within you. <laughs> well, and I, I try to share that. I try to, you know, I, I try to lend courage to people when I can, you know, there's confidence doesn't come from faking it till you make it. Confidence comes from taking action, you know, and, and you have, sometimes you need somebody that says, Hey, you know what, Matt, I know you can do this. If I can do it, you can do it. You know, and you lend that courage to that person. It could be everyday courage. It could be stuff like, you know, sometimes just getting out of bed, you know, going to take a shower. You know, it could be just everyday courage. Like, okay, well, I really am dreading this new thing that I've got to do at work today. You know, that's a form of fear. You know, yeah. anger is a form of fear. When you get angry, that's it's a form expression. of fear. People don't think it is. Of it. Yeah, absolutely. It, it is. Uh, and, and really, what is, what is, what is that? Fight or flight? You know, yeah. What are you running from? What are you fighting against? You know, you have to figure that out when you can, when you can ask yourself that question, well, you know, why, why do I feel this way? And you can genuinely answer that question. You can change a lot of things. And talking about dealing with something that, you know, I was afraid of or, you know, whatever. It, it's, it's, it's really weird, Matt. I don't, I don't want to sound like a psychopath here, but you know, I, I learned a long time ago to just, just to, just to not be afraid in certain situations. So, like, for me, fear comes out in, like, worry or anxiety or, you know, discomfort. Fear doesn't come – like, I, I'm not one of those people that I, I'm, like, intimidated easily right. or I'm a fearful kind of person like that. But fear comes out with me, like, you know, I may be worried about something that I have no control over. Mm. You know, so why am I letting it take up you know, mental space? Yeah. You know, um, why, why, why just go ahead. I was just going to say, I refer to that as allowing something to live rent free in my brain <laughs> because yeah, 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 that's what I'm doing. And I, I do, I do that. And it was in a, it was well, a power. I have evicted those kind of tenants. Yeah. They, they got to get out of here. You really have to. And You're not well, paying rent. You got to get out. <laughs> and the, and the thing is the rent. Yeah. If we want to walk this, analogy or metaphor down all the way <laughs> the, the, the rent can be action that you take because it just goes back to what you said and i thought it was beautiful that yeah fear can be crip i forget what he said fear can essentially be crippling or it can it can initiate action is what i what i took from the energy that i took from what you yeah said. and yeah fear's either gonna you know crush you or kill you or make you grow you yeah know? And so if you, to me, worrying can be, and stress can be very useful tools. If you are self-aware enough to if you can, acknowledge the if fact you can that, say, yeah, yeah. And so you're like, okay, yeah. I'm worried about this public presentation that I have to give. And well, they're, they're red flags in life. And it's like, Hey, something's wrong here. What's wrong? What's going on? These are red flags. You don't want to ignore exactly. them. Exactly. You know, you want to say, oh, wait a minute, Let, let's address this. Is this, is this something I can actively prioritize or actively be yeah. prioritized? Yeah. And if, and if you have I a presentation that, coming uh, up in a week and you're going to be up in front of a couple hundred people and you've never done that before and you're not familiar with it, what, what mm -hmm. is the worry? What action is that spurring? Is it spurring you not sleeping at night? Is it spurring you going out and finding the people that you know that have done these things? 
and communicating like, okay, wh- what do you do? What's your strategy? Are you doubling down on your research? Matt. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I love that. You know why? I, I just, I was just thinking about this. Um, why do people fear things? The unknown people yeah. want fear of the unknown. Yep. You know, you don't, you, like you said, you've never done this before. You don't know what it's going to be like to, now you can relate. You've seen other people do it, mm-hmm. but you've never walked that walk. You've never put those shoes on and traveled down that path. Yep. Yeah, so you and don't nothing know. can change that. Nothing can change the fact that you haven't done it, but what you can control and what you can change is how much you know. So I continuing down the road of public speaking because it's such a common place to fear. Are you going to be the one a uh, public speech uh, uh, soon? Yeah. Yeah. So Are you gonna be- I, I have a, I have an endeavor that actually I need to talk to you about an aspect of it. Um, we'll do it. We'll do it after the show. Um, Offline. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Just about some of your skill sets and how I can, I can pay a local, uh, I can patronize one of your skill sets. So, um, cool. I'm always over for freelance gigs. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I'm down you to support. Have to get no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you, you have to, you have to, you have to say yes to opportunities, yeah. you know? So like, I, you know, I, I already know, um, that I want, you know, whatever it is, I want to work with you and we, we're going to make it happen. Absolutely. If I'm like, well, I don't, I don't know. I, I, that's another, another form of fear. Yeah. Saying and no so, to things because you're, you don't call, you don't have the confidence because you're like, you've never done it. Right. And you so know? the way for me, yes. the way that I'm able to build to, to kind of do the, the mental exercises that build courage in something that I haven't done before. So like if it was public speaking, I can't, do the event three times before the event, right? So like I said, like your first time is going to be your first time regardless. Got it. But Mm -hmm. what you can do for me is the more knowledgeable and the more comfortable I am with the information, then I know that I'm going to be able to communicate and flow with it because my depth and breadth of knowledge of the subject material is there. Right. And I also have the confidence to be able to say, you know what? Like if someone brings up a counterpoint or something during this and they're like, that doesn't make sense. They're like, you know what? That's a fair point. And that's something that I need to consider. Um, I'm aware of this, this, and this, but I'm going to look into that and being, being mentally agile and flexible enough to be able to, to manage that. Some of that, I mean, you, you can run into a situation where it's just, it's just bad. Right. And, and yes. that, that may happen. And that goes back to what we're talking about of failing and growing from that. Like, oh, okay, how did that happen? I know this stuff. Why didn't I not see this part of it or whatever the case may be, but that's, I know okay. for me, if I'm trying to get in front of a group of people and I've never communicated about this topic before, or I'm just learning about it for the first time and I'm expected to go up there and speak about it, then the anxiety and everything goes tenfold. Yeah. Well, a couple of things there, Matt. Um, number one, if you're not in your own lane, then you shouldn't pretend like you're an expert. Yeah. Right. So sometimes like what about that fake it if you you know till you make it or whatever, don't do that. You know, not in that scenario. <laughs> beginner. Yeah, no, no, I'm not talking about you. I'm just talking about general, yeah, yeah. right? No, I'm saying um, like don't do I'm, it. I'm, I'm not talking about you for anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't you you don't want to you know make a buffoon out of yourself. You know you want to start off and 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 
start off in your in your realm or your lane. You know, if you're if your goal is to speak in front of thousands of people, you don't start in front of thousands of people. You start in front of one person, mm-hmm. two people, three people. You you cut your teeth on those type of events. You you get your chops by doing that. The other thing too is like you talked about skill sets, having confidence in your knowledge and remembering it's not a debate. It is not going to be a debate. A lot of people confuse like a, an argument and as a debate An argument by the real definition of it is just a presentation of one's side. Okay. So that's what an argument is. People confuse bickering and arguing and debates. I'm not going to debate with someone. It's not a debate. It might be an argument because I'm presenting my side and my position. You might present your position. We might not agree, but we can agree to disagree. Mm-hmm. So, you know, keeping that in mind, visualization is a huge tool for being able to mentally walk yourself through it. Practicing that visualization, imagining yourself, you know, looking to the audience, addressing the audience, talking to the audience scanning the audience and making eye contact with someone. And here's a little trick I'll show you. Uh, I don't know if you can see the, I'm going to try to zoom in. You see the bridge of your nose right here, mm-hmm. right here, you see where my finger is. If you look at the bridge of someone's nose right here, they can't tell if you're looking in their eyes or oh, not. Yep. This is a tool that you can use. So if you're nervous talking with someone, you can look right here. Just right in the middle of their, the bridge of their nose. And that's, you know, that's just a tool to think about and a trick. So you, you can visualize, you can practice it, practice it, practice it, practice it. You know, we used to say, um, I had a sales job one time. We used to say, practice your pitch so much. Practice your canned pitch so much that it tastes fresh. Just a can of uh, Campbell's soup. I, I threw it in the pot and I told you that I just made it with puree tomatoes. You believe that it's made with puree tomatoes because it's that good. You know, I'm not lying to you. I'm just trying to tell you, like, I know myself and what I'm doing and my product or my my skill set so deeply and so so richly. And, and like you said, you know, you can you counterpoint things or whatever. I know that. I might not be confident in the new arena. It might be a different venue. But I know my business. I know my skill sets. I know who I am. And I'm sure of those things. And those things will lend me confidence to be able to do the other things. Absolutely. That's 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 something that's beautiful about that. We can we can all build from that. It doesn't matter. You can apply that to anything: new relationship, um, new uh, new job, new talent, new ability, new skill. Anything you want to do. If you want to be a painter, guess what? You don't have to have thousands of dollars worth of paint, to paint you know brushes and canvases. Go get a, a five dollar package that comes with a little kit and paint and stuff like that and just start painting you have to do those things in order to be able to do them you have to do them it's beautiful because it's it all and this i really (laughs) feel like you're just a great representation of this is that when you want to do something new or if you want to take the next step in whatever it is that you're currently doing and and progress the first the what the requisite step is action. Well, that was part one with Adam Messer. Finally there, published for everyone's listening pleasure. Um, if you liked what you heard, 
and you found it interesting and appealing, then come on back next week because next Friday, we're going to wrap up the conversation. And it gets even better. We were just ramping up in the first one, and um, we, we dive into the next one with, we talk about this uh, Don't Quit poem, which was which is extremely powerful. And we talk about what it means to go into monk mode and many other aspects um, that you, I think you'll find both interesting and informative. So until next week, we'll see you then. Thanks everyone for coming back. I love you. I appreciate you. And we'll see you here again next time.